Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. My name is Joe Colossi, and I am your traveling principal here with an episode for you guys on what going through the coronavirus in your community is like. Uh, and I'm going to try and bring a little hope to you all out there because now we need it most. Uh, now, hope is all we have. So my community is in SoCal, uh, in Ventura County. We've seen some real developments in our quest to deal with COVID-19 over here. Um, we're lucky to have closed schools uh, on Friday of this past week as well. This was a county-wide decision. The scenario when we close schools is bizarre to say the least. I see true colors of those out there when we have fires uh, and people really can stick it to you with how they handle what their site is doing and how they need to have the stage when they're making their decisions. Uh, it's it's sort of petty. Um, but much of the importance of any situation is overruled when this is the case um, and mistakes are made like 99% of the time due to that. So this time around, however... I've heard from my authorizer more in the last week than I have in months. Uh, they were supportive and communicative. Um, I can't ask for more. I really can't. When I called, someone either picked up or called back. When I asked, they answered. That's what I needed. Um, so I could understand the severity of what we were up against here. I mean, that, that's like what my number one priority was, right? Trying to, trying to learn. Uh, so let's get into what me and my assistant principal and my staff have done so far to date. We've closed schools for one month. Our LEA has spring break in there, so we really closed for like three weeks. And we get one more for spring break. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what's up then. Most districts did like a one-week closure with an announcement to come, like a wait-and-see type thing. Uh, is this wrong? No. Does anyone really know what to do right now? No. Uh, I'm just playing it super safe. I know that if social distancing, which is a new concept to us all and something almost impossible to practice, but if that's what they're saying is going to help us here, no meds, no masks, nothing but good old washing your hands and socially distancing yourself from everyone, we could be in trouble. And I can see that. That's not much of an instant win, and we're used to winning instantly nowadays. I told my staff this past Friday um, in our last meeting together that it's not this week or next week that I'm concerned with. It's two months. It's three months from now. I'm talking down the road, five months, when beds are full and we're under mandated lockdowns for you know, a few months already. Um, this is what I wonder about. I don't want to say worry. I say wonder. Uh, and I'm getting to why, you know, because there's a distinct difference between worry and wonder. Um, my staff saw through that lens with me in that meeting. And that's what I wanted. Because the smartest of them were even looking at me a bit stunned. And this was something that they hadn't wondered much about yet. But I informed them of truly staying home. 
They asked if they could come in, and I said that every time they do, we reset the clock of allowing surface germs to dissipate. And I, I mean, that could be wrong, but no one from the science department corrected me. Uh, so if I have the building deep cleaned, then someone goes in after and touches everything. I'm back to square one. So uh, like why even close, right? Stopping the spread of the virus was as clear as the video I watched yesterday when a classic line of matches as they were dominoes, okay? So matches in a line like they were dominoes created a beautiful shape of like some sort. The first match was lit and compared to the virus spreading, the matches quickly began to light the next in line until one match animated, obviously, as none prior to this match seemed to be alive, quote-unquote. Uh, and it stepped out of the domino line, and the flame went out because it didn't have the next match in line to light. And therein lies the genius of social distancing. So when you break the chain of contamination, you slow down and eventually stop the spread. If we stop the spread, we can make every effort to outlast the virus in our bodies and get rid of it in individual cases differently, of course. Um, if we stop the spread, we contain. If we can contain a number that is manageable in our hospitals, then we can treat those as best as possible. Now, if we go to bars and hang out on Sunday before St. Patrick's Day in some of the busiest cities around the world, we're not socially distancing ourselves from anyone. You're, in fact, doing the opposite and spreading it still. So let's talk about this for a second, you guys, because uh, it's, it's a gnarly psychological conversation to have. So let's go there. People are not being told exactly what I'm saying it's still suggested on a ticker across some news stations at this time. Um, and, and I've been watching every channel, and some are super scary, some are very emotional, and some are just blaming others and making it seem not that serious. So couple terrible information out there with media doing its part to give us the truth and the swayed opinions about that truth. And we're to subject ourselves to whichever we feel most comfortable listening to, right? So if you like a, a certain way of thinking, you watch a, a television show that revolves most commonly around those topics or with that viewpoint. Additionally, without a solid black and white concrete message from the government with guidelines as to what social distancing is, we're going to see long lines at bars filled with COVID-19 germs, Right? You can't blame the people in those lines at bars at all, though. They aren't being told exactly what to do. And if you don't tell people exactly what to do, they're going to interpret it however it can be interpreted. Also, and a crazy psychological fact here, is people are innately social. Most, right? Most people. People have to interact with others because that's what they're used to doing. You know, we, we may be partly stoked to be randomly off from school, but in three weeks from now, you're all going to be looking for something to do. We're all going to be redefining what school is and what work is and shopping and everything, albeit temporarily, yet nonetheless still our immediate future. So, 
people need to go out and drink because that's what they'll always do. St. Patrick's Day was probably still a little on the lighter side crowd-wise, and that comment was probably made by bar owners and patrons in line to get drinks. So we were told to stay six feet apart from each other. Right then and there, bars should have closed with that announcement. So should have schools, workplaces that can't abide, mass transit, etc. Any store should only have a specific amount maybe in at a time, and people should be taking precaution with their hands and face at all times. I've been going out to get food and supplies for my house, and we almost have a station that things and people need to cross before coming back into my house. I'm cognizant of what I touch, but I touch everything. I have gloves on, but have to touch everything. So, you know, it's kind of like, what, what's the point? Then I have two little kids that are filled with germs and spread them happily throughout my house. And I also feel as though my son is constantly fighting something, some sort of cold-like bug. And so when I read we are to socially distance ourselves, that's what I'm trying to do while maintaining a clean environment to the best of my ability. I don't want to go out and spread what my kids have to others. I don't want my kids to interact right now with anyone due to that. My family, my immediate family in my house are all I'm allowing interaction with at this time. Physically, right? I've heard a number of stories of parents at my kids' elementary schools who were arranging playdates so everyone can work slash watch kids slash stay home sort of and socially distance except for playdates and birthday parties and gatherings. My own wife went out twice on the day after I closed schools for a month. So my own quarantine only begins when I can control the environment and keep it clean. I think about social distancing and what it means six feet away, no more than gatherings of 50 people or more in one place. Why isn't gatherings defined then? Because it's everyone, it's, it's, it's all of them, but not specifically stating it, you know, and, and therefore allowing it to be ineffective until otherwise the case, like that's, that's currently what we have going on. There's a large gray area. It got emotional for me again when thinking of and speaking about the Italians when I was speaking to my staff. I compared Italy to China as my final point to the staff before we closed that meeting out I said how China has taken it seriously and locked everything down. Now they are showing signs of progress and have slowed down the spread of the virus tremendously, right? Italy did not react so quickly. In fact, for a bit there, I'm not sure if they reacted at all in some cases. And the spread has been deadly for Italians. My staff saw how this impacted me because they know I'm proud of where I'm from. And I explained that the country is filled with proud people. So this has hit the country hard, and they are choosing who to treat now, turning people away to deal with it on their own abilities, um, the results of which are just never positive, you know? I explained how we are to define social distancing for each of us and how education will be our greatest tool in making it through this time. My staff looked at me with eyes of concern, eagerness to get home, and seemed to be waiting for the bright side of my conclusion. So... 
I told him that I would be podcasting on a regular basis, and this would be how I'd communicate with them from now on until this is defined differently. Um, so what's up, you guys? Let me tell you about my morning, which is hysterical and educational, um, but on an elementary level. I've been concerned about my own kids who are six and seven and are out of school like us for a month to start. So as much as I want to have them sleep in and watch 50 shows today, well, (laughs) I try to wrap my head around complete thoughts. I needed to figure out what a new normal is going to be here. Um, A month is a year to a kid who is six or seven. A day is a month in kid time. So let's let's look at it like that, right? Um, So I need to develop a routine for them. I think I've read enough about that being a, a very important part. Um, now I I also have to admit my fear, um, of elementary school, my total disconnect with middle school. And, um, you know, I think it's healthy for me to admit that to you guys. Um, I just don't think I would be able to do it. I don't know how those guys do do it. My hats go off to both of those levels. Um, and this is like my first go, actually it's my second Um, as I've addressed an elementary school situation regarding assessments in an earlier podcast, yet my first go at teaching, planning, and all of it at the elementary level. Um, And so my kids got up, and we went right to work. (laughs) So with their cereal, they were working on Khan Academy, which is awesome for kids of most ages that are older than mine. Um, You need the app as well in order to benefit from the pre-K to the grade two Khan for kids. Um, but I only have one iPad and then I have my other laptop and I'm not complaining about that. I just need to figure out how to do both at the same time. So we do an hour and a half of math, which by the time they were done, they somehow were both on the laptop watching the tutorials on geometry for first graders, which I thought was fantastic. I loved it. And I was able to kind of write some of this here and, and, and record what I was doing and what the kids were doing, do some of my own research um, about what, I should do for them next. And so we looked for virtual tours, but I didn't really find anything impressive out there originally, like right out the gate through a Google search. Um, But I'm going to search for more options. I was able to find some cool stuff on YouTube. You know, there's some good YouTube videos. Um, I was looking for free sites as well, so I didn't pay for anything. So there's that side. Uh, Then we went into some Lego time based on Lego, a a Lego book of ideas, right? Um, And... What I wanted to do was it kind of revolved around one of the YouTube videos that we had. So we did a Zoom chat or a Skype chat with one of my kids' friends and um, watched this video and tried to make a Lego depiction of some sort of symbolism-like connection to what we watched, right? So we were doing Statue of Liberty. We had to figure out, build Legos based on something that we just watched and then present it to everybody else. And so I'm constantly getting the kids to talk. But um, from that, um, you know, let's <clears throat> let's revise a little bit. Like educators, right? Breakfast time should be for just for eating. Um, and I blew through my morning while they ate and was scratching for more to do before lunch when I could have just kind of broken it down, you know. At school, we don't, we don't work and eat at the same time. Only principals and APs do. And I guess half my staff and... Maybe half everyone's staff for that matter, but not kids, right? So point being, 
Then my son has been barking about centers. He wants to chill while the teacher goes around, I guess, is the definition he's given me a hundred times as I keep saying, what the heck is that? When he asks, dad, when are we going to do centers? Um, it's an awesomely tiring cycle. Let me tell you that I go through with this kid. Um, and then I, I prepared in their journals or notebooks prompts, right? So I guided their writing. I leave them something of a situation and they complete it or a task and they complete it. I'll leave a word bank and they have to make a sentence um, using the word bank. I'll never uh, um, you know, leave so many words. I just leave a couple. Um, I'll never make them stick to it if they want to come up with something different as well. So there's that little bit of choice there. And then I'll leave a question as well and they might have to answer it as an example there too. Um, however, the high school side of me, as I was saying before to you, um, required the kids to read aloud what they wrote, right? So the rule is that they also, they, the listener has to give one statement of praise, one compliment, and then ask one question about what they heard. So this interaction I felt like was the best part. Um, my kids took this so seriously. And my son wrote a sentence, he is little, right? My daughter asked, who is little? Who are you talking about, dude? And my son actually realized that what he wrote meant something, and he made up an answer. And the connection for me is fundamental learning. Um, I got good interaction between two people that are comfortable speaking to each other and great comprehension based on, um, you know, that quick formative assessment of oral questioning. Um, so <clears throat> we received the grammar and spelling uh, of, of what the kids wrote, and I, I went over it quickly with them. Um, and then my son struggled to read his sentences because his words were written so close together. So maybe he'll start space them out a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I made lunch and was hesitant to make a lot of food. Um, I looked for what's open and we'll eat that. I'm thinking with this lens because of paranoia and I'm trying to get used to this. So I'm being honest there as well. Um, I want you to also know as I conclude today that I'm a little bit afraid uh, in almost everything in my life with the exception of my health I can control. And so I can at least influence heavily. Let's say that, right? Um, with this, no one really knows what's happening yet. Uh, no one has been able to show stats um, that we should learn from and redefine or revise our behaviors because of so I'm being safe, I'm spending time with my family, I'm looking at them, talking to them, learning how to use the internet to interact with others um, around us, um, talking to people via text messages to see how they're doing, right? Um, we, we got on a, a really cool website today, OutSchool. We did a couple of, of their little classes. If your school is closed, they were giving like a dollar a class or something like that, which I thought was awesome. Um, we've been able to connect with some of our cousins and some of the some of the kids' friends in these classes. Um, <clears throat> so there's there's some cool stuff that's going on out there, and, and I'm just trying to, you know, trying to transition to this next point, which is really you know, there's there's good in us that will start to come out, right? just like it does each evening for those people in Italy who are singing their hearts out in unison from their balconies because song makes people feel good and feeling good, seeing people smile and enjoy life for what it's worth 
is what we need right now, right? Uh, so the good in us exists. It's in all of us. Um, how can you play a role in helping here? How can you bring out the good in you and play a part in getting you or someone else you know through this? Um, ladies and gentlemen listening, to my ACE staff and students listening, to the parents, to the educators out there all over the world listening, to my own family, please be safe. My name is Joe Klossy, and I am your traveling principal here with a website, www.thetravelingprincipal.com, that you should check out. Um, my podcasts are on Apple Music and Spotify. If I'm your principal or your family member or your friend or your professional colleague, my friend Daniel Bauer from the Better Leaders, Better Schools Network challenged me and all people out there to play a positive role in all of this somehow. And I'm passing that on to you. It could be keeping you and your family safe at this time, following socially, social distancing rules to a T, and that's awesome. Um, I'll be putting these out as often as I can during this time. This will be my way of contributing as I feel like I kind of have to. If you want me to talk about anything, email me at thetravelingprincipal at gmail.com and I'll make a show just for you. I'll put a segment out there addressing your question because um, I want to get you guys on as guests if I can. or um, you know, So please reach out. My answer to Daniel's challenge is this podcast, and I want to try to continue to spread hope. Um, so this is Joe Clausey saying, stay sanitary and stay safe, everyone. I am here if you need me. Take care.